Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Lord, as we transition to the preaching of your words and to Kids Church, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be upon Miss Jackie and myself as we bring the message that you have laid upon our hearts for today. Lord, we pray for ears to be open to hear and the message that you want to convey and the things that you want to do in people's hearts and lives and spirit would come to praise glory. We are going to, guys, to go store it up for our older years. So... I'm excited to preach today. Today's message will be different. It's always different here at Hillside. I think I say that all the time, uh, which is probably a good thing, because I just believe that the Holy Spirit is infinitely creative, and He works in very amazing ways through some uh, things that are out of the ordinary sometimes, out of our expectations. So let's recap. I'm not going to spend as much time as I did last week recapping, but we gotta, we're going to get into Acts chapter 4 today, but... Let's recap Acts chapter 3 and just shortly. If you've missed our first two messages in the series, uh, you can go back and see those online on YouTube or on Facebook. I encourage you to do so uh, because it's on a journey, and there's a little bit more that gets added each and every week here. We're also going to apply some things that Miss Jackie taught you two weeks ago. Uh, we're going to spend some time laughing today, and uh, laughing's a good thing. It's a good thing, and we're going to take a little bit of an emotional journey today. I just need to make you aware of that. We're going to laugh, and then I think there's just a moment where the Holy Spirit's going to do some healing in some hearts here today, um, maybe in ways that you didn't even expect, but I believe that the Holy Spirit's at work. Do you believe that? Yes. So let's go on this journey together this morning. So let's recap. Peter and John, uh, they're on their way to prayer because remember, uh, they're in this place where the church is coming alive. They've experienced the Holy Spirit. They're still walking through tradition. They're finding their footsteps. And there's an interesting dynamic that begins to happen. And we'll talk a little bit about this today. Uh, as we grow in our relationship with Christ, for those who've grown up in church atmosphere or are part of church culture, there will always seem to be a conflict that arises between religion and relationship with Christ. There's friction in those things. And they're trying to find their footing, so they're still doing some of the cultural things uh, that the church has done. So they're on, the, and prayer is not bad, by the way, but set times for prayer is not necessarily the Lord that we have to do in a relationship with Christ as long as we are praying and talking with the Lord. So they were on their way for this time of prayer, and sitting outside the temple was a man who we find, we'll find out today through our scripture is over 40 years old, and he has been lame since birth. He would come and he would sit just outside of the temple. And for 40 years, he was overlooked, discarded, and seen through. But all of that changed one day when Peter and John, with the help of the Holy Spirit, see the man. They see beyond his problems, beyond his social stigma, beyond his political agenda. They see the man. And it's amazing what happens because through the Holy Spirit, we see that they restore dignity back to this man's life where everyone else didn't see him. They saw his inability. They saw his 
dysfunction. Peter and John saw the man because the Holy Spirit saw the man. I want to tell you the Holy Spirit sees you this morning, who you are, who you truly are, and who you can become in Christ. So Peter and John, they see this man, and then the Holy Spirit moves and heals the man's body. So now he's been restored first with dignity and mentally, now, um, uh, now physically, and he begins this journey of emotional and spiritual healing. There's a lot of healing happening in Acts chapter 3 and 4. So then they go in the temple. This guy had probably never been in the temple in his entire life, and a crowd begins to form, and then the Holy Spirit taps on Peter and goes, this is the moment. This is the moment to begin to share how this came about. So he shares the gospel message of Jesus Christ. We learned last week that you and I don't have to manipulate opportunities, that as we live for Jesus and as we grow in our relationship, as we live, gives us that nudge. We're called to do ministry. We're called to step into. And so we're called to do ministry. We're called to do ministry, not only in the church, but outside the church. We're called to do ministry, just not at a Bible study or during services or worship experiences, but outside of those things in our everyday life. And really and truly, that's where the most ministry opportunities lie. So we've got to learn how to be Christians outside of those moments. Today, we're going to talk about ministry resistance. Ministry resistance. When God calls us to be his witnesses, when God calls us to live a life following him and the resistance that we'll run into. Let's look at Acts chapter 4 this morning. It starts off this way. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. This is in the temple. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. That's a mix of emotions. Like, how can you be following Jesus? You're just going about your every day. The Holy Spirit's taps on you. You begin to share. You're not sharing too much, just, just, just what you're supposed to be sharing. And all of a sudden, you end up in jail for that. So there's this feeling of like, why are we being punished for doing what we're called to do? But at the same time, 5,000 people came to know Jesus. And so there's this conflict that must have been going through Peter and John's mind at this time. Verse 5, the next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Aeneas, the high priest, was there, and so were uh, Cepheus, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest family. They and Peter and John brought before, they, sorry, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, by what power or what name did you do this? Because listen, the reason they're asking questions is because something changed. The proof is in the pudding. This guy's life was changed and transformed. He's got all sorts of healings going on. They can't deny that. How are you doing this? How are you doing this? It's great when people ask a question and the answer is Jesus. Those are good questions, and the only answer that fulfills it is Jesus. 
Let's look at Peter's response. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter what? Come on. Listen, there are going to be times in our life where you don't know how to respond to things. You don't have the answer. But you know who has the answer? The Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit wants a relationship with you. He wants to speak through you and encourage you and be there for you. So then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if you were being called, if we are being called to account today for the, an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who came, who, who you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that the man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. I love the fact that Peter keeps it simple. It's succinct. It's short. He gets to the point, and he's respectful. We get in trouble when we try to say too much. Keep it short. He was laying out just is the person everything is built on. And he is the only way to salvation. Wow, powerful statements. Verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Can I tell you something? You don't have to have a college degree to make an impact for the kingdom. You don't have to know it all, because guess what? Nobody knows it all when it comes to a relationship with God and the Bible. All you've got to do is be obedient to what God has already done in your life and stay focused on the next thing God has for you. That's how you become a witness. You don't have to know it all. Verse 14, but since they, could, they, since, bleh, since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing that they could say. It's amazing how the truth will set you free. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further, it's always interesting that people want to stop things when they lose power, when they lose influence. To stop this thing from spreading any further among them, we must warn them to, to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judge. You, you, uh, you be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. This is a great passage and great text here because what we see is that there's a lot of times I think Christians like to use this uh, verse to get their own way. And they're like, well, we're, we have, we're not going to listen to anybody in authority over us because God's the only one. But I want to tell you, the Bible says that we are to obey our leaders and rulers. This is the only exception given to us in the word, that when it comes to talking about Christ, that 
is far more weighty and more important than anything. When someone tells you you can't talk about Jesus, the word tells us, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Pandemics and things and, hey, you can't gather together. I understand that. I don't even really have a problem with that. Because no one can you, can, you can tell us to stop doing that, and that's fine. That doesn't stop us from sharing Jesus. That doesn't stop us from talking about Jesus. That's what we've been given the freedom to. Verse 21, any further threats, they, uh, any further threats, they let them, bleh. after further threats, they let them go. Sometimes you get, it's hard to get it out. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God. <laughs> They're so confused. They're like, we don't know what to do. So what do they do? They let him go. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Wow. They were missing it, missing it. Let's talk about ministry resistance for a minute this morning. And we're talking about real ministry resistance. I think sometimes we have in our minds uh, that uh, ministry resistance is any time that we have an agenda and we've got a vision for ministry and we've got a vision for how things go and it doesn't work out that way, that that's resistance. And that's not true. Uh, because sometimes we have in our mind an idea of ministry. Like we want to go, we, we, we feel like, ah, this is what God has for us. And then God sometimes gets in the way and goes, well, close, but not quite. And it's amazing because, and you can think to yourself, oh, that, that's for other people. That's when it comes to the calling that he has. Ministry is once. This happens twice in the books of Acts, where, where roadblocks start coming in his way, and nothing's working out the way he's supposed to, and he's trying to plow through and keep moving on this course, only to have, finally have the Holy Spirit like, oh, okay, we've got to do face-to-face uh, conversation. And it's like, Paul, you are trying to go west or east, and the ministry I have for you is west. You are going in the completely the wrong direction. And let me tell you, if that's a man who God used to write a majority of the New Testament and he was moving in the wrong direction, let me tell you, we can be there too. So how do we determine this? That's where we walk humbly before God. Church, don't be so convinced that you're always right. Jesus is right. We're to humbly follow him, and we mess up, we make mistakes, we get it wrong sometimes. We can have the best intentions and still be going in the wrong direction. But thank goodness for a Lord who never abandons us, never leaves us, gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit to course correct our life. Amen? Amen. And it's not always easy. So I want to talk to you really quickly about three things that bring ministry resistance in your life. And here they are. I'm not going to keep them a secret. Here's all three. The devil, people, and circumstances. I'm going to go pretty quickly through these. The first one is the devil. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But we know that Jesus has come to give us life and to have it to the full. So right there, there's conflict. And so the devil oftentimes, he will use the other two things, people and circumstances, to wage a battle in the number one place where the devil battles you. Do you know where it is? It's between your ears in your mind. He loves to come and lie to you and beat you up. The word says that he's the accuser of the brethren. He's the accuser of the church. And his tools are shame and isolation. So he'll use the things like when people say things to us, 
And, and sometimes somebody will say something to us, and then the devil will start whispering in our ear, and he'll have us start taking that phrase that was said, and we construe it into something it was never intended to be. But the devil's battled it in our mind. That person doesn't really like you. They hate you. That's why they said that. Blah, 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 blah. You know, have you been there? I see some smiles. You know what I'm talking about, right? That's what the devil does. So how do we overcome that kind of resistance? We confront that resistance with the truth and the promises found in God's word. That's why it's important to be growing in Christ. Because the only thing that overcomes the lies of the enemy is the truth of God's word in our life. Number two, I told you it was going to be fast this morning, people. And this is where it gets tricky, because we tend to think that anybody in our life that says no, they're against us, this resistance in our life. Anytime somebody says no to me, they're against what God wants to do in my life. And that's not true. That's not true. See, we've got this mindset in our life that, that all of a sudden God will speak to us. He begins to give us a vision, and we want to go from step one to step 1,000, like, let's just go. We want to get on the elevator. We want to instantly go from bottom floor zero to floor 100. But the problem is, is that ministry in our life is a process. The fruition of ministry in our life is a process. And to get that process, we have to go through all the steps to get there. And some of you have great vision. I love people with great vision. But, but what you need when you're a person of great vision is you need people in your life that, would, that kind of weigh you down a little bit so that you hit all the steps that you're supposed to on the stairs. Because if you're going three steps at a time, you know what eventually happens? You're never going to make it to the top floor because you're out of gas. And eventually you're going to trip and you're going to cause damage to you and somebody else that's walking with you. So God sometimes brings people into our life to say, no, not because they're against us, not because they're trying to stop you from progressing, but because God will use those people to go, hey, hey, in our lives to say no because but we're unaware of it. And then sometimes God will just say, you got to say no to this right now. This isn't the right season for this. And that causes conflict. <laughs> but you know what's great about the church is when we build authentic, real relationships through the power of the Holy Spirit, real relationships. It's not about personal agendas or vendettas, but it's about wanting the best for the people we do life with. When you've got those kind of relationships in your life, you can trust when somebody says no. That's why the word says that wounds from a friend can be trusted. We need those kind of relationships, people who have our best intentions in mind. So it's not always just because somebody says no in your life that they're resistant. But here in this passage of Scripture, we definitely see resistance from people. And what does it come down to? Really, the basic truth, religion versus relationship with Christ. When we have conflict with people, real conflict in ministry, it's usually about these things, power, jealousy, influence, and control. Sometimes it's about people who can't see beyond themselves. It's all about them being control, all about a personal agenda, when God's kingdom is about fulfilling God's agenda and empowering others. It's the, the Samuel-David debate. We want to be a part of the story, and it's great, and it's exciting when you're the king 
and God calls you out to slay giants. As you mature in Christ, though, there is a greater joy that comes from anointing kings to see others go and slay giants, and you were a part of developing them for ministry. My greatest joy in ministry, I love to preach, that's my passion, but my greatest joy comes from watching you grow and slay giants. That's most fulfilling for me. And so we see that, that sometimes there's conflict. And I want to tell you, as we, as we follow Christ, as your life gets changed and your mind gets changed by the Holy Spirit and by the Word, you're going to have a different worldview. And the worldview that you have through Christ is going to come in conflict with people that have a worldview, a secular worldview. They're going to come into collision. And do you know what we do when that happens? What we should be doing is exactly what Peter and John do. We keep it simple, keep it short, keep it concise, keep it respectful, and walk with grace. Don't get caught up in a debate. Listen, we, we have this thing sometimes as Christians that we feel like anytime we come into conflict with somebody with a secular worldview that we need to win. I need to win. And so we fight a debate, and it gets heated, and, and we get angry, and it can get personal because we've got to win. We've got to win. It's never about winning. It's about obeying. We're not there to win a debate with somebody. We're there to be obedient to Christ and to show them our way. Wendy posted a great article this week on, on Facebook. Um, it was a national hockey player. And... Um, they, they wouldn't wear this jersey uh, because of, of it was promoting some sexual behavior that he wasn't in favor of. I loved it, what he said. He came out, just said, look, because of, of, of my views, my personal relationship with Christ and how I believe, uh, I can't participate in this. I still love everybody. Still, he respected everybody. He said, I, I just can't do this. And when they tried to, to, to egg him on to put more words in his mouth, because what happens is, is when we start talking too much our words get construed into what they're not supposed to be. He just shut it down and said, that's all I got to say on that. <laughs> a valuable lesson there, because that's what Peter, Jesus is great. He's changing lives. Proof was there. This guy who had sat for <laughs> And these guys couldn't argue because why? Because the proof was there. This guy who had sat for, for probably 30 some odd years, probably since the age of 10, he was sitting outside the temple almost every single day with a cup begging for money. All of a sudden, he is restored. There is no argument against that. Jesus wins. Not us. Jesus wins. And when Jesus wins, that's a win for us. We've got to let him fight some of the battles. We're not called to fight every battle. We talked about that last week. Last note on this when it comes to people. All right, are you ready? Don't be a jerk. <laughs> Write it down. That's an important note. Don't be a jerk. Even when somebody else is a jerk towards you. We've got to live with grace. Point three. Final area of ministry resistance is circumstances. Sometimes life just gives us a bad hand. It happens. Every person in this place has experienced it, and every person that's here today will experience it again. The unexpected, the bad news that you get, the late night phone call. When you just go to the doctor for a checkup and they end up finding something very serious. You get that medical diagnosis. Unexpected bills that you weren't prepared to pay. The flood in your basement. 
Something breaks. Your car breaks down. It's a tragedy. Loss. Yesterday, a young teenager from our area died in a car accident. It's just a tragedy. It's a loss. You can feel this void. The fact is, is that these things happen. And we're going to talk about how you, how you deal with that in just a moment, because we talked about the other two. We're going to come back to this. But i got an illustration for you today. And if you've ever been involved in ministry, how many of you have ever been involved in church ministry in some capacity? Just raise your hand. Okay, if you haven't yet, I'm glad you're here, because we're going to get you to a point where you can serve somewhere. It's going to be great, because um, we're all about serving, not just ourselves, not just the church, but serving our community for Christ. Amen? And, and the fact is, is when you step into places of service, you will come into conflict, conflict with people. And our grow group leaders, you're my favorite people, and you will relate to this today. If you lead, ever led a Bible study or a grow group at Hillside, you're going to relate to this. Because we've got this illustration about somebody stepping in to a Sunday school and filling in, uh, and it just there's a lot of resistance to the ministry that tries to happen. I want to say this to you. It's okay to laugh. All right, we're going to laugh together, and then we're going to go on a quick journey at the end of this. Uh, Robin's going to help us get there, and the Holy Spirit's going to help us get there today, what he wants to do in our life. So let's, let's watch this. We're going to introduce you to a guy, a, a young child named Billy. All right, class, I'm going to be uh, your substitute Sunday school teacher. Hi, teacher. Hi. Hi, what's Hi. your name? Well, uh, my, my name is Mr. Drummond. What you talking about? Well, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to talk about. I'm, I'm, I'm here to be your substitute. Um, wait, sub wait, where's Miss Linda? Well, Miss Linda, Miss Linda is my wife. And um, she, she's, she's been sick, okay? And so I know you've had a lot of substitutes, Sunday school teachers. Yeah, we've had a lot. But I'm going to be your permanent. I've run most of them off. I bet you have. Yeah, it's, it's, you, you seem like that type of child. But I'm going to... Wait, wait, you're Miss Linda's husband? I'm Miss Linda's husband. And she could do better. Well, well... <laughs> You know, we do what we can. We do what we can. Yeah. I like you kids because you just speak truth all the time. You know? Yeah, I tell you what I'm thinking. There you go, buddy. There yeah. you go. Well, um, let me tell you what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm going to be your permanent Sunday school teacher for a little bit because. We'll, see. well, well. I, I think I know because my wife, Miss Linda, isn't feeling very good. So I'm just going to be here for you guys, okay? Yeah. Miss Linda asked me if I would, so here I am, okay? Uh, I don't know. Well, well, <laughs> I think you'll catch on. Yeah. What's your name? My name's Billy, like the goat. <laughs> but I'm not really a goat. And you're just a little boy. I'm just a kid. You're just a little boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. But I think Miss Linda. I love to sing. Uh -huh. I love to sing. Jesus. I'm going to be the next American Idol. <laughs> you do seem to have the voice. Yeah. What, 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 what is this? What That's is my this? sign language. It's the Bible told me so, like you're sewing. <laughs> My grandmother sells memory verses in my underwear. <laughs> in case I have an accident. Mm -hmm. And just knowing you just a little bit, it's probably a good thing for a boy like you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I just did. That's just not, you did not just say that at all. That's just too much. Okay, all right. I'm going to teach you, well, you probably already know this song class. It's one of Mrs. Linda's favorite songs, okay? Uh -huh. um, and it's called, My God is So Big. Oh, okay. no, that's Miss Linda's song. I know, she loves that song. You don't sing it. Well, no, I think, I think no, it would be great. No, it's Miss Linda's. I understand. You don't sing it. No, it would be okay. You don't sing it. She loves that song. I don't think that's it's okay. I don't. It's okay. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do for you, okay? That's yeah. how we know the song. Okay. Yeah, it's Miss Linda. 
this song. I, well, we'll you don't even sing it good. Well, I know. <laughs> have you ever sung that before? No, I don't have the X that Factor. That was awful. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm trying, okay? I, my wife, Miss Linda, asked yeah. me to be here, so here I am. So I'm trying my best, I don't okay? Want to sing that. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do for you. Yeah, it gets worse when you sing okay, it more. Okay, okay. <laughs> We're going to sing this song. I don't song. want to sing it. We're going to I'm sing. not oh, singing. Billy, you Billy, can't. give me your eyes. What? Give me your eyes. No, you can't have my oh, okay. eyes. I did, I did not. I did not. I did not mean. I why are you? Why are you going to take my eyes? Uh, no, I did not mean that. You said give me your eyes. You said give me your eyes. I did not. No. Oh. No, I did not. I'm no. going to eat your eyes. I didn't say that. No. What are you doing? That's no. what you said. No, I did not. You're like an ogre. I'm not. No, you I, look like Shrek. What are you doing? No. I, you got tiny ears and a bald head. Okay. Nope. Okay, Billy. Don't, listen. don't touch. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Stranger danger. Okay. I'm I'm not a stranger. You are too. No, Miss Linda's my wife. Yeah, remember? well, that doesn't make you someone I know. Okay, okay. You're so supposed to sign a form. I did. I did. It's okay. You're good. You're good. I'm. We're good. Okay. Okay. So here we go you with the. You can't the have my eyes. Okay. Give, give me your no, ears. No, I you can't have my. Okay. What are you gonna do to me? This is the worst day of Sunday school ever. I don't even know what I to do. Okay, all right. Okay, You're let, a freak. Why don't you start? Okay, listen to me. Don't touch! Okay, sorry. Stop! Don't touch me there. This is my no-no square. <laughs> but nothing rhymes with rectangle. <laughs> You're not supposed to pick your nose in class. I get in trouble for that. I don't. No. You don't wipe it on your shirt. <laughs> it made me. You made me chuckle. I blew snot out my nose. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That doesn't make me like you more. <laughs> Miss Linda doesn't do that. Okay, you're right. You're right. Let's just start over. Let's just sing the song, okay? I don't want to sing let's, it. It's a good song. I don't think we should. I think we should sing Jesus Loves that's Me. That's a beautiful song. Yeah, but, let's sing but that. But let's just sing this. I think we should sing no, Jesus Loves uh, Me. Okay. It says, Jesus loves me, this I know. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Yeah. I like that song. It's a good we should song. sing that song, because I can sing that song frontwards and backwards. So, little Billy, uh -huh. what did you just say? I can sing it frontwards and backwards. <laughs> well, that's an ad lib I'd like to see. <laughs> okay. I don't have to. Fine, I'll sing it backwards. Okay, here we go. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Touche, touche, my friend, touche. Me loves Jesus, yes. Me loves Jesus, yes. Me loves Jesus, yes. So tell Bible me so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Okay, nice song. Let's just stick with this one, okay? How do All I right. sing it? No, it's really good. Okay, let's just go with it, okay? I, want to. Uh, I think Miss Linda, okay. Um, well, I know I know. she taught you all sign language. Yeah, sign, she did. Signs with the songs, yeah. motions with the songs. We have motions. Well, that'll make it fun, okay? So let's do that, okay? My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. So mighty. <laughs> so mighty, mighty, mighty. I should have blew my nose before I came to this class. You think it's funny, but it's not. <laughs> my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do for you. Okay, see? I still don't want to sing no, it. You, it's, I no, oh, it's good. I have a question. Let, no, I have no a question. class. We just, we just need to move on with the song. I have a song. Okay, all right. I have a question. Billy, Billy, yes. does it have to do with the song? Yes. Does it have to? Yes. Are you being 100% on, honest yes. with? Yes. Yes. Yes, with the song. Yes. Now you're in trouble. You got the women's ministry involved. <laughs> They're right next door. What are you supposed to I do? Know. I know. <sighs> I have a question. Yeah, okay. I have a question. All right. What does it have to do with the song? Yes. Okay. What? What? Yes. Okay. What? What? What is? Your, what is? Your, what is your question? Um. Do you think that that there were unicorns on Noah's Ark? Okay, 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 no, there were, there were, there were no. No, my dad says there could be. I, I don't think there was. Are you calling my dad a liar? No, I'm not calling your dad. I don't know your dad. I'm I just, think there could be I too. Don't know, I don't know if there but was. But my question is, if there's unicorns on Noah's Ark, what if they poked a hole in it with their horn? What if they poked a hole in it? What if a unicorn? Yeah. That wasn't in the ark poked a hole in the ark? Yeah. With their horns? Yeah, with, no, with their tail. <laughs> what are you, yeah, with their horn? A unicorn. This is a unicorn. This is a devil. Unicorn devil. Unicorn devil. David Crowder. Okay. I have another no, question. No. No more questions. Yes. No more. Yes. Put your hands I, down. Don't, oh, oh, don't uh, get violent. <laughs> I have another question. I, I have another. Up. It's important. You. This better have to do. <laughs> You need psychiatric help. That's what my mom says. <laughs> she says I should talk to Dr. Phil. Uh -huh. You kind of look like Dr. Phil. Uh, okay. Right. You ever notice how Dr. Phil looks like a walrus? Okay. All right. Okay. I have no, a question. No more. No more. No more. You have to call right. on my name. Okay. What is it, Mr. Goat? Okay, Mr. Clean. Okay, all right, okay. All right. No more. Here we go with the song. Here we no, go. Okay. Sing it. My God is so yes, big, so Jesus strong, and so mighty. Me. There's yes, my God is Jesus. So mighty. Me. There's yes, nothing. So. Why, Billy, no religion. Now, you're not Miss Linda. I know. Yeah, okay, and you're Billy, coming here trying to sing Miss Linda's Billy, song. Billy, if we could just sing a song, Billy, Billy, I just want to sing. And can you give me one reason why we should sing your song? Because my wife has can't. 
because my wife, Miss Linda, is very, very sick. And she asked me if I would come here this morning, and I just thought we could sing Miss Linda's favorite song because um, I know I'm not Miss Linda. And I just wanted to sing the song because I just wanted to be reminded this, this morning of how, of how big and how strong God is because I have to go home and I, I need to be strong for her. I need to be very, very strong for her. And she is, she is so courageous and she has so much faith. And I just thought if we could just sing, if we could just sing that song that it could remind me that there's nothing my God cannot do for me and for Miss Linda, because I don't know if, what I'm gonna do if she... I'm sorry. That was inappropriate, and um, it's, it's just been one of those, it's just been one of those really tough times, and I'm just so... My God is so big. So strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do for you. The truth is, is that following Jesus, serving our King, it's simple, but it's not always easy. There's moments in time where we just run into conflict. It doesn't go like we think it's going to go. And just because you meet resistance doesn't mean that you're not effective for the kingdom. Just because it's challenging doesn't mean that God's not using you in great ways. Peter and John thrown in jail, 5,000 people are following the king. Today, I know there's some people here. You're in that place of resistance. Maybe your resistance is the devil lying to you and telling you you're not good enough. Maybe you've run into resistance or you, you feel like you've run into resistance with people, your workplace, your neighbors, hopefully not here at church, but it's possible. Maybe it's family. Some of you are going through a season where it's just, you're getting the wind knocked out of you by circumstances. God knows. I told you that I'd let you know what the last, the last part of this is. When circumstances come our way, how do we meet that resistance? Knowing that our king will never leave our side. That whatever you're going through today, when the timing's right, Jesus will turn it to your favor. And the thing that you feel is crushing you today will be the very thing that will bring you strength tomorrow because Jesus brought you through. Worship is an interesting thing. Sometimes we think it's all just about singing a song. And that's part of worship. Worship so much more than that. I've asked Robbie to play a song from my past. And if you've been a part of uh, the church for a long period of time, you might remember this song. It's written by Ray Bolts. 
It's called The Anchor Holds. I'm not asking you to sing. Eyes for some of you, maybe it's just much power in it. I want you to know through a storm of whatever it might be, I want you to know that the anchor of our Savior holds. The ship might be beaten, the sails might be torn, but our anchor holds. Christ is faithful. Would you just let this song minister to you, and I'll give you some direction in a minute. Robbie, would you play that song this morning? And I have journeyed through the long dark night out on the open seas by faith alone. I face the raging 
Some, uh, his family's been facing some conflict, some, some resistance to things, some storms. But I wanted to share with you how faithful our Savior is. Would you share that testimony about your granddaughter, Dave? This all started when she was playing tennis. She had a pain in her shoulder. They went and x-rayed, and it was a tumor. She went to the Children's Hospital in Michigan, and they uh, took a, another picture of it, and they went and operated on it, and uh, they said it was in, right in the shoulder and the joints, it was in a bad place, but anyway, uh, they took it out, and two months later she went back for another x-ray, and it was back. And he said, this can't happen too often or it's going to turn into cancer. It wasn't cancer. But in a way, uh, she set up another appointment and they put a PICC line in with medicine. And, uh, and she went back another couple months and they uh, uh, looked at it and uh, it uh, wasn't doing what he wanted it to do. So he said, we're going to, uh, in another, he's going to do it right away. 
maybe did it another month or so, but anyway, what they did was it, they went in and the doctor said, uh, uh, I, can't, I can't see it. It's gone. It's all dried up. And I told my daughter, my granddaughter, that she went in on my birthday, and I said, Amy, or Abby, I said, my daughter, Abby, I said, uh, you know, I got people pr uh, down the rest head, and I had her people praying for my granddaughter. And uh, the surgeon said, it, it's a miracle that it's gone. He says, there's just a little in the, in the joints, but that's going to go away too. Way too. And it's just how your faith in God can really change things and how prayer could make a difference in your life. You hear this morning, your situation isn't hopeless. Whether it's something you're dealing with or a family member or whatever it is, whatever resistance that you're facing right now in serving Christ, our Savior has not abandoned you and the Holy Spirit is with you. Church, would you stand to your feet? Before we close in prayer, I'm going to ask Robbie to lead us in that chorus. And can we sing it together as a proclamation? that no matter what storms we're facing right now, that we're going to let our faith just rise up inside of us and that the anchor is going to hold. Jesus is going to hold. He will not let you go this morning. Robbie, lead us in that chorus. The anchor Though the ship is battered, the anchor holds. Though the sails are torn, and I have fallen on my knees as I fail. person next to you or shoulder you got to move move right now because the holy spirit's about to do something through you to impact somebody else's life peter had no idea what to say when the holy spirit touched him on the shoulder he just knew it was the right time and the holy spirit spoke through him when called before all these religious leaders, Peter had no idea what to say, how to keep it short, succinct, respectful. He didn't know, but the Holy Spirit does. 
I'm going to ask you to pray for the person that you're holding hands with or you've got a hand on their shoulder. You may not know their name. You may not know the needs. You may not even know how to pray. Good news. Holy Spirit knows it all. We just got to be in the moment. And you're the person right now that he's picked to pray. Lord, this morning we know that following you sometimes it's hard. The things in life that we face can be overwhelming. We can feel like Peter and John, sometimes like we're in a cell, isolated, lonely, forgotten, but we are never forgotten by the Holy Spirit. Lord, you work things in miraculous ways. For some of us, we can't even fathom how to get out of the mess that we're in. But the good news is the mess that we're in, whether by anchor or that you might get. And Lord, I believe that you will turn our situation around, that you might get the glory, and that God would, the thing that, the, that we would gain strength from. I pray this morning for those who are facing things in their life that seem overwhelming, medical conditions, things in their body. In the name of Jesus, we pray for restoration and healing. This morning, God, we pray for those who mentally, the enemy has been lying to us, trying to get us to believe things that are not true about others, about other things in our life, that your word conquers all. Your word says that love There's power in love. There's power in forgiveness. There's power in grace. Flood our heart and our mind with the truth of your word. Lord, for those who are in conflict with people this morning, family members, other individuals in their life, workplace, community, God, you love those people. There might be some people in our lives that are being jerks to us right now. But we are empowered by your Holy Spirit not to be jerks, but to be men and women of grace. Lord, do healing that only you can do in this place. Lord, I believe you've accomplished something great. I think there's just been some people that just are processing things. They're moving through in their hearts and minds this morning in your spirit. Lord, we want to leave this place a step closer to healing than when we came in this morning. Lord, as we pray over our offering, Lord, may you bless it. May our church be able to do more than we ever thought possible on the foreign mission field right here at home. Like Peter and John, Lord, we long to serve our community that we live in, to do ministry in real life, at our workplaces, in the marketplace, on our campuses. Holy Spirit, move in us, change us, transform us. Do what only you can do. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen. Keep serving, church. Keep moving forward. We love you. Have an amazing week. Don't forget, we've got grow groups Wednesday. We've got grow group, uh, ladies grow group on Saturday. We've got grow groups next Sunday. We're going to have a great service next week. If you need anything, contact our office. We're here for you. We want to walk with you. Have an amazing week.